You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 198 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and we are brought to you today by GameAt.eu and uh, beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons. Thanks to all of you for keeping the lights on. Uh, what are we discussing? Well, I am super excited. You guys have no idea. I have never... We've had Alan Merritt on, and we've had some other people on, Siege Studios, and we've had um, Matt Sable from Sable Army Transport. We've had a bunch of kind of, you know, celebrities and things, people that know, but I've never had a wargaming celebrity on. This is the biggest name I've ever had on the podcast, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm still going to keep it a secret until the very last segment because that's a that's a fun little thing, and I'm not putting it in the title. There's no way for you to know who this is, but you're going to really, really enjoy it. And believe it or not, sparks kind of fly. You're going to see not like romantic sparks but we kind of butt heads a little bit but you'll see anyway that's the real talk for the episode uh we're also talking about the scriptor mortis in the want that or not and uh that's a pretty cool model for night haunt for age of sigmar and then we have a tesseract mailbox letter from fergie ferg the duchess himself and he thinks he knows why people argue about prices and whether or not the prices are too high for the miniatures. So that's that's actually a pretty interesting uh, line of thought from him. And that is what this episode is about. So what have I been up to? Well, my final editing copy for the uh, Tales from the Brutal anthology, short story anthology, uh, came in and the covers are gorgeous. I love them. It, the book is beautiful. That'll be out in roughly a month. We're going to do one last edit through. And um, that is uh, Leroy Jenkins did a full read through of the whole thing and gave me his feedback. I'm going to do it once more. And my friend Matt is going to do it once more. And then just iron out all the little issues. But man, the book is beautiful. It's 20 short stories and they're all set in the brutal realm. Every single one of them is a different character, different setting, all that. But um, I'm really proud of it. It's the first time that I've I'm actually publishing fiction and not game rules or something like that. And that's something I've always wanted to do. So this really is a bucket list thing. Now, whether or not anybody actually wants to buy it, uh, who knows? But at least I published it, right? I'm also, I contacted my local local bookstore. We have a, it's not a chain. It's like a independently owned bookstore in the town near me. And it's my favorite bookstore to go to because um, it's just a little mom and pop one. And they have local authors. They have a shelf of local author books. And I contacted them. I haven't heard back from them, but this is the weekend. So I'm not expecting to until at least Monday or Tuesday. And uh, I mentioned to them, hey, I made short stories, yada, yada. So it's going to be another dream come true if they'll actually allow me to um, put my book on their shelf as a local author. Uh, I've also been working on Brutal Space. That's been a lot of fun. And I ran a demo at the local club for Brutality for our friend David, and uh, he seemed to like it okay. Um, his other friend TJ, or our other friend TJ, didn't seem to care for it. And there's been a handful of people that don't care for it. But, you know, like I say, like there's no hard feelings for that. I mean, I, I freaking hate him now, but there's no hard feelings. I'm just kidding. Um, do you know how many games I've played or been exposed to that just weren't my cup of tea? It's not that big of a deal. But David did seem to have some fun, and uh, he whooped my butt. It did not go my way at all. So he beat me, like, 
Oh man, like 12 to 4 or something like he just whooped my butt and I wasn't going easy on him. Now I was giving him his options. It was a demo, so I was explaining the options to him and all of that as he was playing, but um yeah, it did not did not end very well. So, the point is is that we still had fun. Now let me tell you a story. Okay? This is a heartfelt story. This comes from my personal experience and this is 100% true, okay? Um I have been doing the sketches on YouTube, the What Hammer, W-U-T Hammer sketches, and it has been almost a full year. It was either June or July of last year I started doing it, and I've got about 90-ish videos on the YouTube, and uh, some of my you know closest friends I send them to, and they watch them and give me feedback, and I greatly appreciate it, uh, John and Eric and Andy and, and whatever, but um, I am not getting any sort of traction on YouTube, so... This was really disappointing. I'm not talking about a million subscribers or anything like that. The whole reason why I do all of this stuff, the podcasts and even Brutality and all of that, Shorehammer and, and YouTube, is for interaction. The same reason why I always did the articles. And it was very, very disappointing and disheartening for me to still not be gaining much traction. I've got like 122 subscribers or something, and um, which is, of course beyond pitiful. And I thought that occasionally sharing it on places and all of that, I would eventually get some sort of traction, you know, 50 views at a video instead of 30 or whatever. And I don't, of course, I have those moments where I'm like, wow, maybe sketch comedy and Warhammer is just not something people are interested in. But then I realize that I think they're really funny. And the feedback I generally get from my friends is that they enjoy them as well. So I know there is an audience out there, but I feel like YouTube is such a huge pond or huge ocean that it's really hard to make a name for yourself now. So I got super, super uh, depressed is too strong of a word, uh, discouraged. I got really discouraged and I was about to just throw in the towel. I said, you know, I was talking to my brother and I said, you know, I'm... I just want people to comment and, and just interact and enjoy what I've made. You know, it's not, I don't care if I don't make any money off it or whatever. I just want that interaction, which is the main reason why I did all the articles all those years. And my brother said, well, why don't you try Instagram or TikTok or something like that? And I said, well, I will be cold and dead before I try TikTok. But Instagram, I suppose I can try. So I am still publishing a brand new sketch every Wednesday on YouTube at... Pimcron with only one P. Pimcron TV is the channel. And also I'm sharing it on Reddit. And I'm sharing it on Facebook. And I'm also have started an Instagram account called Pimcron with only one P. So Instagram is Pimcron and you'll see my little logo there. And then the YouTube is Pimcron TV. And I may end up changing my name to Pimcron TV on uh, Instagram as well. But anyway, the point is, is that if any of you are even slightly curious about these sketches, if you would not mind uh, following me on Instagram or subscribing on YouTube or whatever and watch just one of the sketches and see if it's worth your time. If it's not your sort of humor or whatever, uh, no hard feelings, you just go about your own way. But I do believe there is some sort of audience for this. So I would really like to try and do that. Now, since I've joined Instagram and I'm sharing it everywhere and I'm really trying to push it, um, I have gotten a few more subscribers, a handful. I've gotten a, I've had two different people say that my channel was, quote, 
criminally underrated. Well, one was criminally underrated and one was criminally underviewed. And that at least made me happy because they are also seeing there's some sort of value in the humor that I'm bringing to that. So that's good. Um, But if you guys would not mind, you enjoy my podcast and I'm hoping that you guys will be willing to either follow me on Instagram and watch those reels. Don't follow me if you don't like them. I mean, it's or follow me. I don't care. I'm, I'm just not trying to require it of you. Um, but I am really trying to get my my videos out there and just get some interaction. So if you don't mind, throw me a comment or a like or whatever on YouTube or Instagram. I'll try this for a couple months. And uh, like I said, if I'm still not getting any traction whatsoever, uh, I don't I think I may just quit. And to be honest with you, I don't I obviously don't want to do that. But there it comes a time where you're like, spinning your wheels in the mud and you're just not getting anywhere, you know, and it does take effort and time and thought to make these. So, um, this is no sort of like, woe is me sort of thing, but I am just being honest with you that it is pretty discouraging. And I'm sure I'm one of millions, probably tens of millions of content creators that are just not getting any traction or anything like that. So I, I know this is not special just to me, but just letting you know what's going on in my own personal life. So, uh, my friend TJ, printed um he's been printing more rooms for my starship my 28 millimeter star trek ship very excited about that i've been painting that i've been painting the engineering and that's really cool so i'm excited about that as well anyway if you don't mind follow me pimpcron with one p on instagram or pimpcron tv with one p on youtube and uh you can also like the pimpcron page on facebook would be appreciated because i share the videos on there And uh, I guess I'll quit begging now. Let's get on to the next segment. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. On this Tesseract mailbox, we have a letter from Patreon patron, Fergie Ferg. The Duchess is in the house, folks. He writes me at pimpcron at gmail.com. He writes, Namaste, Mr. Cron. While listening to your podcast on toxic positivity, I decided to reflect on my own position on GW. And it was then, on the London Overground to West Croydon, that I had a breakthrough. No, an epiphany. And now I descend the mountain. My mind soaked in wisdom. I can perceive all things. I am at one with the universe. I can see the matrix. For now, I fully understand GW's pricing. Why it is simultaneously reasonable and terrible. Why no two Warhammer fans can agree on it. Enough teasing. I'll lay out my discovery. For 40k, GW primarily sells one thing. Miniatures. The cost of playing is generally seen as too high, yet most agree the models are of the highest quality. The books and paint will leave out. So why the constant disagreement? It's not as simple as different people with different economic situations, although that is a factor, but I propose that it's because of the scale that 40k demands. Warhammer has an unspoken default game size of 2,000 points, which generally requires a significant amount of models, even for supposedly elite armies like Space Marines. Okay, so far I'm with you, Ferg. And GW, of course, facilitates this with the points cost of units set to allow for large armies on the table. So you can't just think about the price of the model, but how many you'll need to quote-unquote properly use them. Think about squad sizes. How many units in the game, outside of vehicles, can give a full, complete squad with just one kit? Isn't there always an option to expand it? People will push back that this is just optional and we can play 40k at lower points levels, 
But we all know this is only partially true. 40k is balanced for 2,000 points. I'll stop you right there, Ferg. It's not balanced. Continue. And you'll always find more games at the level than any other. I'll pick out a set as an example. The Eldar Howling Banshees, which are currently 35 pounds for five models. Or if you prefer 390 Norwegian Kronor. Is that really their currency? I've got no idea. They're kajibber jabbers to me. Anyway, 35 pounds for five models. Taking a single model in isolation, you could be forgiven for thinking it was worth the seven pounds per model. You could fit 10 of them into your army, and they wouldn't even make up 10% of a standard list. Not so reasonable now, eh? The same principle can apply to the books, but instead it's with how often they need to be replaced. A pricey hardback is only useful as a doorstop after two or three years. I could give other examples, but you get the picture. So what do you think? Have I cracked the code? Will all internet disputes cease? Keep up the good work, Fergie. Yeah, actually, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, Ferg. Um, It is a little bit of like a bait and switch thing, because things like Kill Team are played at very small points, obviously. You can basically pick up one tactical squad or one fire warrior squad, and that's more or less your kill team, right? And you're like, oh, well, there you go, 60 bucks. Um, But you're right. How many people play at a kill team level, play regular 40k at a kill team level? How many people play a 200-point game? Not many. That's how many. And a lot of people, I, in my personal anecdotal experience, that... A lot of people don't even want to play a thousand. A lot of people don't want to play twelve fifty. You you probably be able to get them play twelve fifty, but really they want to do between fifteen hundred and two thousand. And exactly what you're saying that squad individually is not horribly priced, I suppose, but you will need multiple, multiple, multiple sets of them. So here's an example right here for me to start my Harlequins army. My Harlequins army was. Five models per box. And, I mean, Harlequins don't have that many models to begin with, right? Besides the jet bikes and star weavers and all, they that's, that's all they have is Harlequins, troops. So, you need to buy a bunch of them, arguably. And, unless you're spamming bikes or something like that, but I'm not going to be doing that. And actually, now that we're talking about the Skyweavers, that even brings up an even better point for the Harlequins, is that... Two Skyweavers are $50, or $25 a model. How many of them can you get in a unit? Is it six or so? So basically, you're talking about one squad of Star Weaver, uh, Skyweavers are 150 USD. That's, that's pretty nuts, actually, because, I mean, how many points are six Skyweavers? Not a whole heck of a lot, that's for sure. 270 points. For $150, you get 270 points. That is not a whole lot. 270 points, so you could arguably bring a little under 10 of those, probably let's say 7, just estimating. You could only bring 7 of those boxes, and what would that be? Over $1,000. So I think you're right. If Even if you think the models are priced okay, you still need a ton of them to actually play a full-size game. And it does seem like a little bit of a bait-and-switch. Oh, you can start with Kill Team. Oh, you can start small points. Oh, just buy a box. But the problem, anybody that started a new army in mass, you'll know that a single box does nothing. 
I mean, absolutely nothing. What is it, five TAC Marines? Oh, is it five Harlequins? You would be, if you try to limit yourself, and, I mean, hopefully you do, but if you try to limit yourself to one box a month, do you know how many years it would take you <laughs> to, <laughs> to actually have a full army? So it is somewhat deceptive. And then it's a whole other situation if you're actually talking about things like Hormagons or Termagants or something that's small and very squishy. You need to play them in hordes. Now, I'm sure that the price per model is a little lower in that case, but it still is, oh man, I've got 10 ter Termagants and they just get shredded. Oh man, I better, buy, I better buy 10 more. Oh, I better buy 10 more. Okay, you know what? I need to bring 90 Hormagants in order for them to stay on the board or whatever and actually do some work. So I do, I do think you're onto something, honestly. It's not necessarily that the models are horribly priced, although they're getting there, I think. But they're not horribly priced. It's just that you require so many to play the game as it was intended. And, you know, if you could change the attitude of the players, change the community's attitude of what is an appropriate game size, which I have actually successfully done. In my gaming group, we usually play 1,500-point games. We even fairly commonly get 1,250-point games. And, of course, that is making it way easier for any new players to get into. And that also makes it way easier for you to just start a new army because you don't need all of that stuff. You know, that, um, that $1,000 price tag I just gave you for 2,000 points of those Skyweavers, it would only be 500 bucks for the same thing. So yes, I think you have finally truly ascended, Fergie, and thank you for parting your wisdom onto us. If anybody would like to reach me, it's facebook.com slash pimpcron, and it's also pimpcron at gmail.com, and let's get on to the next segment. Want that, or want that not? And welcome to Want That or Want That Not. Today we are discussing the Scripter Mortis for Night Haunt. Now, we are having a lot of reception issues at my house. So, currently the Scripter Mortis looks like a blank white square on the Games Workshop website. And it's, I mean, this is not their best model I think they've made. It's, it's very little detail to it. Matter of fact, it's no detail to it because it's just a white box. And it's called a Scriptor Mortis, which just leads the mind to wander. Because what is a Scriptor Mortis? So just judging by this white box on their website, the Scriptor Mortis has something to do with writing, like a scriptor, like scription, like inscription, like description. And Mortis, which is like, you know, vaguely mortality. It's got to be something like a Mortis engine, so it'd be ghosts. It's got to be a ghost with a pen or something. Maybe an iPad. He's he's scribbling something down. A grocery list, a list of his fears, something like that. Um, I don't know what it is because my internet is like pretty much down, which is also going to make it really hard to post this video. You know, I mean, this, this podcast. Listen, last week, I almost did not post the podcast. I almost didn't do it. And the reason why the internet was so terrible that I just, like, I had to try five different times to upload the podcast. And judging by this, um, let me see if I can get this picture because, okay, now I think the shtick is over, right? I'm trying to actually get a picture of this thing. Hot dog! Okay, here we are. We're in business now. 
And my prediction was correct. It is a ghost with a quill and a lantern and candles. And it's, I don't know if it's incense coming out of that lantern because it's got smoke. And I'm like, is it either incense or is it, or is it a lantern? I don't know. There's also a lot of candles. I mean, a lot of candles. So I'm happy. It's really not beneficial to be reading in low light. And even this guy, even though this guy doesn't have eyeballs in the sockets, I feel like this is a good move on his part. He's looking out for himself. He's trying to keep up his health. And he's got some long, luxurious hair. And he's hunched over pretty poorly, though. I also see that it appears he only has three arms. He could have four, but I only see three. I don't know who this would be. Like, it's clearly not a human. It's not a dwarf. I don't know who has four arms. Maybe it's like a zinch demon that died. I... No idea. But the point is, is he's writing in a book and I am proud for him. You know, I would not think that literacy would be high on the gash's list of things for his followers. But I mean, you got to give him credit. The guy knows how to read, right? He is, uh, he records the rise of Nagash's empire and he punishes any who would stand against it. It's an extremely vague phrase with a mere flick of a quill. They sentence souls to be dragged to the underworlds, condemning them to an eternity of torment. It is said that the quill is mightier than the sword. Oh, GW, don't go there. In the spiteful scribblings of the scripter's mortis, this metaphor is made... I'm just going to throw my phone. I'm not... You know what, GW? This was the last straw. You can you can bloat my rule set. You can hike my prices, but damn it, don't you make a pen as mightier than the sword comment. I have lost it. I am done. This is the last episode of the Pemcron Warhammer podcast because Games Workshop has gone too far. Too far. They're not funny. Anyway, the model's pretty cool, though. $38. God, these keep getting more and more expensive. I, or maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. It's a pretty cool model, though. He's floating. I mean, it's basically... Picture a ghost with a lantern writing in a book with a quill, which is apparently mightier than, you know, the swords. And that's what you get. I don't know. I don't know what he does, but he's a cool enough model that I might buy him. $38 is kind of a, a kick in the cojones, personally. But um, if you can get it at a discount and get 20% off or something, that'd make him 30 bucks, And I think that's worth it. He's not my very favorite model. Um, I really like the guy that is in the boat that ferries models. I really like him. He is definitely a want that. This guy is a lukewarm want that. I don't see a whole lot that's special about him. It's neat that he's got an extra arm. Like I'm like, good for you, bro, I guess. But other than that, what else do they want to show us? They want to show us in like the little highlight pictures... They want to show us that he's holding a lantern. I'm like, wow, la-di-da. They want to show two, not one, but two separate pictures of just candles. Like, look at these neat features. He's got candles. And then there's just a picture of his hunched back. Like, it's it's almost like it was a mistake. Like, the cameraman was filming this f model and, like, just a flash accidentally went off and they just kept it in. And there's a close-up picture of him just, like, looking at the screen like some weird selfie. And then there's a close-up picture of all the writing that they meticulously painted on this book. But the funny thing is, is that doesn't really make any sense because they painted that on that book. It's probably just blank pages. 
I don't know, Games Workshop. I don't know what your deal is. Anyway, 38 bucks is a bit pricey for me, but I do like my Night Haunt, and I might end up getting him. I don't know. I haven't looked at that rule book yet. Anyway, it's a want that for me. I like him well enough. I give him a B. He's not the best they've made, but he's pretty neat. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Welcome everybody to the Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and today I have the biggest star I have ever had on the podcast. I would like to introduce you guys to Pimpcron from Bell of Lost Souls and Spiky Bits and a bunch of other Gee, stuff. Hey, Pimpcron. Pimpcron. Oh, oh, I gotta go. Hey, this is Pimpcron. First off, I have to say I am a huge fan of yours. I've been following you for years, and I am so thrilled to get you on the show. You know, you're a really hard guy to track down. Yeah, well, that's not without reason. I'm pretty busy. I've got YouTube and a convention and a podcast, and I'm doing all sorts. Of... Have you heard of Brutality Skirmish War Game? Yes, yes, I have. I downloaded the free rules, and I uh, think it's pretty neat pretty neat now we're on a skype call right now and uh who is that person in the background there standing behind you it's my assistant debbie just fly on the wall completely ignore her she's she's nobody <laughs> well i wouldn't say she's nobody hi hi debbie you do not speak to debbie she is not someone you speak to you arrange this time with me i am the star uh, absolutely i'm sorry I, my apologies um That's fine. let's i think i feel like we got off on the wrong foot let's just start oh, yeah. with how did you find Wargaming? I didn't find Wargaming. Wargaming found me. Well, I mean, surely you discovered it some way physically in your life. The strands of our fate were intertwined. It was bound to find me. How did Mozart find music? How did Bazaldrin find the moon? It's just one of those things that had to happen. Okay, well, I mean, more specifically... The first time I ever heard about Warhammer, it came to me in a dream while I was meditating. Oh. At the time, I was studying under a Buddhist monk in the Himalayas, and... <laughs> The dream of lots of dice rolling, D6ers specifically, not uh -huh. D20s, none of that D&D &D bullshit, okay? Oh. Specifically handfuls of D6s began tumbling my way across a tabletop. And okay. the board was like a vast battlefield. And all of the tiny little miniatures were hammers, and they were just warring against each ah, other. War there was hammer. red hammers and blue hammers. And I just knew from then on I needed to find exactly what this Warhammer was and I had to roll some dice. Well, that was not what I was expecting, but that's an interesting story. Uh, okay, so how did you start at Bell of Lost Souls when you originally started? I had known Larry since we were in uh, Brown University together, and we were pretty close. I thought Larry, owner of Bell of Lost Souls, was a bit older than you, actually. Yeah, he's 12 years my senior. Then how did you both attend Brown at the same time? When I was seven years old, I was obviously a savant. I started teaching the classes that I was in in elementary school, oh. and they knew no elementary school could hold me. So they bumped me up to middle school. I became principal at of that seven? middle school. They bumped me up to high school, and I became director of the Board of Education. So eventually oh they God. said, you know what? You're seven years old. This is ridiculous. There's wow. nothing we can teach you here. So wow. I actually went to elementary school at Brown University. And, uh, of course, I graduated at eight years old with three doctorates. Oh, my and God. And that's basically the end of it. So by the time that Larry started Bell of Lost Souls, he contacted mm -hmm. me and said, Pimpcron, baby, we need you here. And I was like, sure, I'll take a crack at it, I guess. Hmm. And, of course, you know, the rest is history. Multiple awards later. Oh, yeah. Changing hearts and minds. Just enlightening the populace as much as I can. Every and, week. And um, that's, that's basically my... I... Oh, 
you know what? I I have to take this. I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine. Totally fine. Take Yo. your time. Yeah. I guess I'll just. Yo, no, no, I can talk. It's no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His his this podcast is it's not not nearly as big as mine, but. Damn. Oh. 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 Fantastic. Okay. Cool. So that deal went through. Okay. Um. Let's say um <sighs> one grand per piggy. All right. Per piggy. All right. Thanks. Smooches. All right. Sorry about that. Um. Uh. Where was I? So I I just have a question. Did you say per piggy? A thousand dollars per piggy? Oh, you didn't know. Well, I sell feet pics on OnlyFans. <laughs> so, that's per piggy. Okay, so uh, you have some immaculate feet, I guess? Oh, that's yeah. odd. Oh, yeah. Spectacular. You don't even know what you're talking <laughs> about. You want to... Look, I'll give you a sneak. Now, listen, I'm only no, going to give you the little, littlest one. That's fine. All right? You just get to see the littlest one. Let me... Let me just put it up here on no, the... No, it's totally... Webcam. It's fine. Yeah, like, you see that? Look at oh. that. That's that's pretty hot, right? You know, that is actually a lot nicer than I thought. Yeah, see? Is there any way that, uh, hmm, you know, that's this is taking a weird turn, but uh, is there any <laughs> way I can see the rest of them? Oh, $1,000 a piggy you can. That's the deal. Do you accept credit card or yes. PayPal? Yeah, Just only. wondering out of curiosity. Only MasterCard. We only accept MasterCard. Yep, and Venmo. Debbie, take down his information. Looks like we got another one on the hook. Yeah, I'll email her. Okay, afterwards. well, uh, let's get back to Warhammer, though. Oh, <laughs> Oof, got me flustered. Yeah, that yeah, um, it has that effect. Man, it's hard to get that little piggy out of my head. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. I've heard that more than once. Okay, so what was the impetus behind? Oh no, no, I am not impotent at no, <laughs> at I did, all. I, didn't I am not say, impotent. I didn't say impotent. I said, what was the impetus? for I don't know what that brutality. means what made you start brutality oh. skirmish war game oh okay so I was thinking what could I do to make maximum cash I mean fists fulls of cash oh. right um well we've sell, sold well over 12 million copies oh of my brutality. god and it's um it's it's up on the bestsellers list in a dozen different countries it's been being translated to North Korean as we speak it's huh. it's a global sensation and Sounds I like feel like this is my gift to humanity for people exactly. that want to give me money. Do you understand uh, what oh. I'm saying? Y- yeah, I guess I I do. I thought you were going a different way with that, but yeah, I see what you're saying. It's a it's a good thing you're doing, I guess. All about cash. Yep, that's that's basically what it is. Name of the game: uh, Shorehammer. The reason why it's hyper competitive. The reason why tickets are $400 a ticket. Oh, my God. The reason why there's nothing to do there free um, is because it's all about cash. It's not It's not about friendship. It's not about cool. any of that nonsense that everybody loves know. to just harp on all the time. I don't know if it's oh, nonsense. Oh, making friends. Oh, you know, uh, relatable or affordable or whatever. No, well, this Shorehammer and Brutality and my podcast and YouTube, it is not for the common man. It is, well, for, is it for the super alpha elite alpha mega dogs. You understand? The alpha <laughs> mega dogs, super elite mega dogs is my target audience because I wow. am the ultraist of the alpha mega super mega dogs. So you, you, you understand what I I'm saying? So. I you guess you so. You probably don't. You're a good kid, well, but I, I think I'm you're, a good kid. you probably don't understand what I'm wait, saying. It's a little too cerebral. Wait a second. How can you say I'm a good kid? Aren't we like this exact same age practically? Well, I you know mental age and physical age can be two different things sometimes. <laughs> and for me being an alpha mega ultra mega dog, yeah. 
uh, cash moves everything around me. You understand? I guess. And do you realize I had a sport fishing trip just last weekend with Barack Obama? Do you realize that? Okay. I stood him up because I didn't want him to think that I needed to hang out with him. But, I mean, the point is, is that he was expecting me to show up, and I didn't. So... Okay. That kind of tells you what kind of league I'm in. You know? I don't know what that tells uh, me. The, the boat captain actually was the boat captain from the Jaws movie. I hired him. So it's... It's got to be it's very just, elderly. This is a completely different world that you don't understand, but that's fine. Uh, that's not. why you paid my fees, my sitting fee for being here, and that's... You know, it is what it is. Well, I just thought this would be a good idea to have you on the air, but I don't oh, it think is. this is turning out very well. Listen, I am the best thing that could possibly happen to your <laughs> oh podcast. My God. I will bring in the views. Trust me. Now, when do you want to get started recording? We've been recording the whole time. What? No. Oh, you know what? Guess who's not getting feet pics now? N- unless you pay 1500 a piggy. It's 1500 a piggy now. <laughs>